0: Welcome to the XPod Two podcast, um, the Exponent Two podcast. Uh, welcome. I'm Caroline. We're, I'm here tonight with Ramona and Caroline. Caroline, where are you calling in from?
1: I am calling in from Irvine, California.
0: Welcome, welcome, Ramona. Where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling in from
2: my room in Barbados.
0: Barbados, welcome. Um, and I'm Caroline calling in from Minneapolis and I'm sorry, Caroline Klein and Carol Ann young, let's hear young. Um, we both are on the call, but one of us is a lot more famous than the other one. And that's Caroline Klein, but (laughs) we're going to keep it fun tonight. And we uh, will also talk about the work that Caroline does, but we wanted to focus tonight's podcast on or today's podcast, whatever time of day you're listening to this, um, to the show dairy girls. When I first heard about the show it was from coworkers a couple of years ago I was living in Boston and I kept thinking they were saying D A I R Y and yeah. I was like dairy I don't want to watch a show about farmers sorry mom and grandpa who did grow up on dairy <laughs> farm like but I, in Idaho I don't uh. but then it's about Ireland and yeah. the troubles which I like didn't I, again living in Boston I got tiny glimpses of like what the troubles were like different hints and stuff but I feel like my um my u.s history slash world history ended after world war ii and so i kind of have i feel like as an adult i've had to catch up on any history any world history after world war ii on my own um but so ramona have you watched the show dairy girls have you heard of it before of course okay of course good okay
2: so i was stalking okay i did this between seasons of bridgerton waiting Mm. for bridgerton to come out um Y'all, y'all already know how I am about Bridgerton. You're not gonna, right, you're right. not gonna go back through this whole thing again. But I was waiting between seasons and I was stalking, um, Nicola, I think her name is Coglan, um, who plays Penelope. And I was stalking her and I saw that she was in this show. And I am a huge English TV buff. I like to watch my channel four. I love to watch my ITV, ITV TV. Like, so I was just stalking it and I came up on it one day and they were already into like season two, like almost in season three. So you had time
0: to binge, you had time to watch a bunch all at once.
2: Yeah, I did. And it came out on Netflix and it came out like the first two seasons and then they waited to to tempt us for the third. And I Uh just binged all of it in like a week. (laughs) So it was really good.
0: Love it. And then Caroline, how did you first hear about Dairy Girls.
1: You know, I think I was listening to NPR and it was mentioned and I thought, yeah, I also first thought it was D-A-R-Y girls and just was not interested in a show about girls and cows or whatever I was imagining. So, (laughs) so, but then I heard about it and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And I, I really, you know, at first I wasn't so sure, but it was actually in rewatching the episodes because I didn't get like half, I wasn't, you know, the accent, I, I didn't Did not you watch it with subtitles
0: on or subtitles off? <laughs> well, I
1: eventually learned to put the subtitles on, yeah, but I honestly yeah. had to rewatch the episodes yeah. like mm-hmm. a, a time or two in order to really get the brilliance of the humor and to just get everything is so well put together. It's so clever. And it took multiple rewatchings to really appreciate that.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I feel like if,
2: I mean, the accent mm-hmm. at first is like super hard to get into. Yeah. Um, Because I was watching like the behind the scenes of Nicola and she was talking about how she passed her audition by um, portraying like this musician from Girls Aloud. And that was the accent she chose. And sometimes you're watching it like, what the heck are you saying? You have have to go back like five minutes to see what they said. But somebody said, oh, yeah, that accent sounds a lot like the Barbadian accent. And I'm like, you lied. You lied. You never lied so bad.
0: (laughs) You're like, there's a difference. Wait, wait, wait. and, and Ramona, forgive my ignorance. Who is Nicola? Which actress is that, actor, is that? So she
2: plays Claire.
0: Oh, fun. Okay. And I don't know their real life names. I'm like, Claire. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's do a quick overview for those who have not seen the show, but maybe you won't want to listen to podcasts about it, but who, which of us wants to give a quick overview? I hinted that it's about the troubles, like 1990s Ireland.
2: Okay. So I'm literally reading this right off of Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, Wikipedia is our source of news here. Okay, we we have no shame. Okay, so it is talking about um, the Northern Ireland peace protests mm-hmm. um, where there was an a IRA ceasefire. Um, and that was when, um, I can't remember if Ireland went to, they just had like a lot of military presence right. during that time. And there were a lot like a, limitations between them and mainland England, um, so it kind of focuses on that. So, like the military is a presence in the show, um, and it's just talking about all these people in this community that, like, they bond together over the fact that you know they really want to be liberated from what they're experiencing. They know that um, they're just are not living the life that they used to live. This is my interpretation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, like even though they're continuing their everyday lives, there's still like this very, I don't want to say dark because it's not a dark show, but there's this very real presence of an outsider infiltrating into this community of people.
3: Well, come on then, Bolik, are you introducing yourself or what?
2: Hi, I'm Michelle's cousin, James.
3: Why is he making that funny noise? He's English, Hola. that's the way they talk. He's to Kathy's way. I told you about to Kathy. She went to England years ago to have an abortion, never came back. Never got the abortion either. Lucky for you, James, eh? Huh? I didn't actually know that.
2: Yeah, I think where I related to it was that we just have, like, that very small town feel. I feel like mm. Derry and Barbados kind of felt very similar, um, mm. where everybody knows everybody's business, where everything is, like, closely intermeshed with each other, where the foreground characters and the background characters all mix and mingle and they have their moment to kind of step forward. Um, I feel like if that was right, related to it. Um, I think, especially with the Commonwealth, um, that's a heavy one because um, now, just with everything that's happened in the last two years in Barbados, um you can see that, although our fight wasn't as dramatic as what was going on in Derry and what was going on in Ireland, you know, it's kind of the same fight. We were Mm -hmm. just trying to get England to back off a little bit and do our Mm -hmm. own thing. And they were just trying to get England to back off so that they could do their own thing and they could govern themselves and make decisions for themselves. So I kind of guess that's where I, I related to it.
0: Yeah, thanks for bringing all those points up. And then as you shared, just the enmeshment. So totally, everyone knowing each other's business. I think that's part of the fun, too, is the, like, the the grandpa lives with the, and the aunt and cousin all live in Aaron's
2: house. So, like, Aaron, Arla, like, they're all, Mm -hmm. all that's Yeah, that's the thing in Barbados, because, like, we have multi-generational families. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. common that you don't get kicked out at 18. You stay in the house until you, like, get a job. Um, now that's kind of moved away from that a little bit, but most times people live at home until they get a job. Sometimes they bring their husbands in, their children in, and you have yeah. like these multi-generational families all living and coexisting together. Is it chaos? Yes. Huh. But does it work? Yes.
0: <laughs> um, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, who are people's favorite characters? Oh my
1: gosh. So- I would say... I love Claire. I think yeah. Claire is hilarious the way she's always freaking out and panicking and those like the, on the her nerd. Face. Yeah.
0: The nerdy yeah. goody two shoes panicked. Totally. Yes. yes. But, and also
1: yeah. like idealistic. She's going mm-hmm. on fasts to feed people in Africa. The starving you know, kids. Yeah. Yeah, the starving kids, yeah. you know, I mean, so I, I, I just thought she did such a great, that actress just did such a great job. Yeah. There. Yeah. I loved her.
2: Oh, um,
3: you're not getting anything? So, sure, aren't I doing this fast for Ethiopia? Well, for Christ's sake, what is it with you in Africa? Will you sponsor me? How much? Two pound. Two pound? Catch your cell phone. What's happening over there is really lousy, Aaron. Father Conway showed us a video, and there's this one wee fella, Kamal. He's only 10 and every morning he walked 25 miles in the air well. Does he just really enjoy whales, eh? 25 miles. How far um, is that? Far. Like, how far are we talking? From here to Bongrana? Further it's more like from here to bali buffet shut up from here to bali buffet sure you'd be knackered kamal is knackered are you sure kamal isn't exaggerating stop slagging off kamal kamal doesn't have it easy will you sponsor me or not
2: fine oh
0: Oh,
1: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but
2: it I think there's a bit of each character in all of us.
0: I relate right. to... Right, I was thinking of like your middle school, high school self. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Totally. I relate
2: to Orla so much for some reason. I love her so much. Sometimes her
0: wackiness my, is so good.
2: Sometimes my... I feel like sometimes my brain just shuts off and this wacky personality just steps in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, watching Orla, that's me.
3: Why can you be so heartless? Don't cry, Aaron. He's in a better place, Noi. Unless he's not, you know, cause unless he's gone to
2: hell. But also Claire is my anxiety. Huh, Claire yeah, is like yeah. my anxiety in a human embodiment. So like sometimes I'm like freaking out like Claire. Um and then sometimes yeah. I'm like, um, Aaron, Aaron like, were I'm you like you that yeah. super perfectionist sort of thing? And I I think the most character that I relate to is sister What's her name, Sister Michael?
0: I
3: relate oh, to her
2: head with
0: the, she's amazing. Yeah. Like oh. I
2: relate to her with that super dry humor that mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't get, and people would think that it's like super judgmental. And it's just me just talking. <laughs> so huh. I can like if I relate to her the most out oh, of so everybody. Yes,
3: okay. I was there. I admit that, but I didn't do anything. It was Michelle. It was all Michelle. I'm not going darn for so didn't do. If anyone deserves to get punished, it should be Michelle. Well, I think it's safe to say we all just lost a bit of respect for you, there, Adler.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that Sister Michael is the really society president, mm-hmm. but she's like the really society president who has like a, a bunch snark. of kids, a, a, a bunch of kids that she doesn't like, who mm-hmm. like looks down at all everybody else because everybody else is kind of more. And not as reverent or whatever, living up to her standard. I think Sister Michael is that sort of person that throws shade, but you don't think that she's thrown shade until you walk away. and You have to right. like, you have to like sit in that shame that she just gave to you. So I think that Sister Michael is the really Society president. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I do love about the show is how religion is so seamlessly infused uh, mm. throughout it and throughout every aspect of these girls' lives. You know, it's in the home, um, it's it's with the grandpa doing the Stations of the Cross as he's trying to date the lady across the street. <laughs> it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's in the, it's of course in the Catholic school with with uh, mm. Sister Michael everywhere, and and I think it was just I, I just loved how infused it was, and when I think of a Mormon religious life, I also see like so many, you know, you know, Mormonism is not just, it's not just a religion. It's really a culture and it can infuse, it infuses, you know, what you eat, what you listen to maybe Um, Mm -hmm. how you interact with your friends, your language, you know, all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And so I can see a parallel um, with like that level of um, just enmeshment happening. But I was thinking like, why can't we have a Mormon Dairy Girls? Is it possible for some brilliant comedian, I know, to make a Mormon Dairy Girls? And I was thinking, I don't know if it is because we're too freaking earnest, right? Like we're so... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we could laugh at ourselves, you know, and uh, no, as as I, well I as as this particular, um, you know, North Ireland Catholic culture did it so well. I just don't know if we could do it as well.
0: Ha ha. ha. Well, yeah, and I think I, like, oh no, go ahead, Ramona. I have I, I have thoughts too. <laughs> I, a good I question, just, Caroline.
2: I just think that it would be super cringy. I don't think that we know. In LDS culture, how to let loose and just let the humor take over. I feel like if it would kind of be boxed in and just kind of restrictive. And what I like about Dairy Girls is that even though they're still like these set sort of like humor spots, that you know, I don't know how to explain it, the humor just kind of go like takes over and i feel like if like if in lds culture i don't think we learned that because we would think that that's sarcasm we would think it's not being virtuous and i just think that sometimes we need to leave things alone so don't do it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i'm thinking of like so back in the day there's the show singles ward that came out like when i was in high school and so like like those attempts of like mormon humor but when is it too specific to a mormon audience when, like, in a way, like, this, like, Catholic experience, like, is, like, somewhat, un- I don't know, like, universal is probably the wrong word, but, like, recognizable, mm-hmm. and when is it, I feel like, are, are, as Mormons, are we, like, too similar, like, too earnest to try to fit in, and yet also too different, so it's like, would it be, would it be compelling or interesting? I
1: don't, yeah, I'm not sure, I mean, I, I totally get what Ramona's saying, how it just wouldn't work, Um. You know, but me, I don't know, but then I'm, but a part of me is like, you know, but I found this dairy girl's world so charming and interesting right. and different and i learned things from it would it be possible for outsiders to look at like a bunch of mormon girls in provo or wherever it is um and find things that are interesting and different I don't, yeah and like oh, i'm thinking in,
0: like the mormon like, mommy bloggers like how those like made a like giant like wave a couple years ago where like yeah. people were fascinated with like the beautiful big families and like everything right. looking cute and so like that fascination
1: yeah 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 but but it, i think ramona's right that it's a question of like humor like yeah. could we because we ten, you know we mormons tend to be so earnest and so mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah I, I just don't know if we can pull it off but i would love to think of a world where it would be possible
3: notice from mr mccauley this year's destination for the euro trotters trip will be dramatic pause Did you actually want me to do the dramatic pause? Interesting. Uh, Paris, it's going to be Paris. If you need any further information, there is a stall in the foyer. Sadly, I am unable to come on this one as I despise the French.
0: But I'm thinking about when Sister Michaels is asked to... So I love the dynamic of the, like, hot... um, Priest For guy sure. versus oh, yeah. her, <laughs> I love so it. that that dynamic makes you laugh. Where she's just like rolling her eyes, like can't handle him. Yeah, but then like when she like is asked to go somewhere else, and she like petitions to stay. I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. or like not interesting, but like like sweet and like and also a fun. Like example of like women exerting their power.
2: Mm-hmm. It was.
0: And did she did she reference deity as God? Or oh, sorry, as sorry as female? I thought like she there's did. a line. She, How, she do, okay, whoever saw it more recently, share it. I can't remember.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she was talking to the hot priest and said something about I, I don't remember the line, but she but definitely uh she referred to God as a she and how she asked yeah. me to be here and something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. So, uh, um, no, I thought and I thought that it was it was actually a really great scene, too, because she mentioned so she's being asked to leave. So this is the, the storyline is that her the head. I don't know, the head of the diocese, I'm not even, I'm not even sure who that yeah, is, you're bishop right. or someone, um, wants her to move out of her job as the headmistress of this Catholic high school and go do something else. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to, but she also knows she really doesn't have much power in this system. Like, she really, structurally, she doesn't have the same kind of power as the guy making the decisions. But apparently he calls her up, tells her what he wants, and she says, no, like, I'm um, no, this is where I belong. Yeah. This, is, this is what I do. And I actually thought it was a really good line. She said something, look, I make a difference here, maybe not individually, but I make a difference Mm -hmm. collectively. Mm -hmm. And that was a great line because really throughout the entire show, Sister Michaels is not a warm and fuzzy mentor to these girls. Mm -hmm. She's not kind to them. (laughs) Um, She's rolling her eyes at them continually, you know, but, but I think she's right. Collectively. Um, a woman who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, who stands up to people, who creates the world she right. wants to live in, who seizes right. a life she wants. Like, this is a great example for these girls. And so I thought that was a brilliant line that worked really well.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of the like awkward talent shows or like when she's like introducing the like nerdy earnest girl, like not Claire, the other popular brown haired girl. I can't remember her name right now. Jenny George. Where like. Jenny Joyce, thank you. And, like, always giving her a chance to perform and to, like, do her random thing that she wants to do, like the the songs, the... she gives her the space in the going. audience. Even it's though she's rolling her eyes, she still gives her, her, her that Monday mic time. Morning. It's
3: Monday morning. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Paint on a smile on, and start the show. Dum 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 Monday, Monday morning. Dumb, dumb, dumb. There ain't nothing that I can not do. On Monday, Monday, oh, Monday morning, Monday morning. Monday morning. Monday morning. Monday morning. I love you. <laughs> Lovely. And I believe you wrote the lyrics yourselves. Is that correct? It is indeed, sister. Do you ever think you might have too much time in your hands, girls? Yeah.
2: Um, this this thought just came to me like a woman who stands in her truth cannot be told who she is. Mm-hmm. You feel yeah. free to steal it. Put it on some mugs. <laughs> Put it on some yes. mugs
0: yes <laughs> no knowing knowing who you are and trusting trusting that yeah it is fun the different yeah lots of strong female characters let's not forget james the british cousin
1: <laughs> yeah yes, i think james. i think that it was in the i love the james storyline mm-hmm, um he kind of comes in he's kind of timid and passive I can't
2: find the boys toilets anywhere
1: it's an all girls school duck face there are no boys toilets
2: so should I just use the girls' toilets?
1: No, you should not, you fucking pervert. um But he finds a way to infiltrate this group of girls and really make a, a place for himself in that group. And I think that probably, like I might have teared up only at maybe one moment in Dairy Girls, but it was probably that episode where Aaron gets stood up at the prom. Like she's expecting a boy to come oh, yeah. And, yeah. and take her to the prom, but he never shows up. And so it's just, very sad scene where she's sitting in her prom dress waiting and then she's about to give up and go get dressed and give up on going to this prom. But then James comes by, you know, dressed in his tux. He leaves his mm. quote unquote creep convention, which was like, I guess a <laughs> doctor who convention yeah. um, because the mom called him and said, look, Aaron needs you. She needs to go to this prom. And so he left yeah. and he takes her. And it was just a such a sweet really moment. Sweet. And it really does leave hope. I think we were all hoping that in the end Aaron and, james have a future and i think it did leave us the show left us with that possible hope someday which i thought was great
3: sister michael can i just quickly ask um since
2: there's no male student toilets on the premises am i permitted to
3: use the staff ones
0: absolutely not well and i was about to ask like do we feel like he crossed the line when he kissed her and did you think she made the right move by saying no but it would make our friend dynamic and too weird what do we think
1: I think it worked. I think it worked because remember, they're only teenagers and right, you right. don't want them to get, you know, super serious. Now they this have a perfect
0: relationship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, that's too, that's too, That, that that's an ending that comes too soon. So I think mm-hmm. more like having that tension there, having that interest mm-hmm. there, knowing that there's this possibility in the future for them if they ever want to go for it. I think that mm-hmm. was a more satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, oh, no,
0: that's a good point.
2: I, I mean... I mean Caroline might think that but like as a romance writer I was like y'all need to get married now. Go to the wedding chapel and get married. (laughs) I'm like could you time jump like six years in the line so we could see older them get married. But that's just me. That's just me. My my life is like super chaotic. I just need like a conclusion. Give me the happy ending.
0: Okay so more romance. So Michelle trying to get on with everybody <laughs>
3: oh yeah and her like I like the, her. the
0: horny the horny middle school high school
3: kid there's so much on today. the champs Elysees, the arc to Triomphe, the louvre a french fella that's what i want to do nation of right my family's going fully just thinking about it well, could you not use that word michelle what family why do you always have to be so coarse oh, what's the big deal we all have one i don't you are one
0: yeah um who often like so it's so funny watch the show with subtitles we're like michelle these are the things you're saying but still like being being there for her friends so yeah yeah like yeah, the tough I, yeah
1: yeah she's fun she's probably the character i relate least to because mm-hmm. i come from like a more buttoned up you know i I just yeah. grew up so buttoned up right yeah. and so michelle like letting it fly like right, you know in right. every way um I relate to her the least, but I also like, I admire her brashness. I, I admire her confidence. Um, and I admire the fact that she's a loyal friend and she's a loyal, even though she's super mean to James all the time, she, there is a certain sense of loyalty there. And I think that really came out at one of those, I forget if it was the end of the first season or the second season where she says, you're a dairy girl, like you're not leaving us. And so she really kind of, after trashing James for so long and being so mean to him, yeah. like she's actually really kind of pulling him into the circle and um, I thought that was like a lovely kind of moment that shows the different sides of Michelle. Yeah. yeah
2: what funny. I what I love about um, Dairy Girls and the characters is that nobody is a linear character. You realize that yeah. there are ups and downs and all sorts of variations to the characters um, and we were talking about um, like Carolyn was talking about a moment that made her cry. I think when Claire's mm. I was I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's so happy. He's driving off in the car. And then we don't see him anymore. And I was boohooing my eyes out. Mm. I was a wreck. I had to yeah. lay in the bed like like a starfish. <laughs> like, oh. why did his why did her like? And then to see how the girls supported her, I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. It it kind of reminded me of my friend group and how, like, if something
3: happened when we were in high school. Announcement from Jenny Joyce and the dance committee. The school social event of the year is fast approaching. But before you don your glad rags and boogie on. I'm sorry, I simply cannot read this. But before you don your glad rags and foogie on down, we'd like to let you in on our little secret. We're not actually going to have a school formal this year. What? No, listen. We're not going to have a school formal. We're going to have... Doobie, 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 doobie. Do. A 50s prom. Ha,
0: ha, ha. Yeah. Anyway, but, and so, and then to do a plug for Exponent, I often feel so much support from my exponent community too, like magazine, the blog, mm-hmm. going to the retreat. And there's someone named Vicky who would come to the retreats. She lives in northern Maine. She's his midwife, this like cool, wacky older woman. I love I love the retreats because I get to be around like so many different ages of people. When I felt like for a long time I was like at like at a singles war. So I was always around people like within two to three years of my age group. And so to be around like in like back to the dairy uh, girls, actual, like this intergenerational aspect. Yeah, and so then, and so something Vicky shared was that, like, she said she was like walking to her bishop's office, and she was like going to like complain about something. She felt the like sisterhood of her exponent sisters like Mm -hmm. supporting and ushering her in to have like the bravery and um, and strength that she needed to to say her piece. Yeah, and so I try to think, I try to visualize that sometimes. I'm like, okay, I need to be brave. I'll think of the support of my exponent community.
2: It's it's funny because like I would not have put that um that thought together of like exponent ladies being my dairy girls i know like especially with the great anxiety of 2021 or two um and on marco polo talking to everybody and i am self-destructing and everybody is like so supportive even when Mm -hmm. i myself didn't know what was going on um and, you know, just having that genuine love and support from people that, you know, sometimes they don't even know your last name. They just know you as who you're writing as or um, if they see like your email, they know your email, but they don't know you really. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never really thought about X one and my dairy girls before, but they truly are, I feel like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the case for me as well. I, I One of the things I do love about Dairy Girls is I love this vision of these high school friends who are so close and zany and going out on adventures and just like attacking life. And my high school experience was not like that. I was a nerd who just read mm-hmm. in her bedroom all the time. I didn't go to parties. I didn't have any fun. Oh. You know, it was terrible. And so I love looking at these girls and just like... Like looking at this this wonderful adventurous life that they're they're living, but I I, I definitely um, relate to this idea though. Like where did but where did I find my people? Like my yeah. people did not come to me in high school. My people came to me through the exponent. That's exactly no. where they came. And um, yeah, that's even though I don't even live in the same city as any of them. Thank goodness for technology. I, but I right. still do feel that sense of sisterhood and the different person we've all got the different personalities that come out um but i feel like that's probably mormonism's greatest gift to me <laughs> yeah is more mormon feminism like mormon feminists like the the feminist relationships i have the relationships i have with feminists like that's probably the most wonderful gift mormonism has given to me as well as a fabulous i, I mean i must say i i ended up getting a fabulous spouse um you know who's a devout mormon guy <laughs> and so i'd say those are you know mormonism has, has delivered some packages to me, and and those are two of the best of them.
2: Yeah, love
1: it. The packages that you won't return. Exactly.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Caroline, what other um, using your like PhD lens? What other? Yeah. What else would you add to Dairy Girls? And then what would you want to share about your own work that you do?
1: Um. Oh. Oh. Gosh. Well, that's a great question. Let me. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll make one comment. Um. Which is one reason why I do love. Dairy Girls is I do love that single sex Catholic girls school. And Mm. I feel like there is a real power in single sex environments. Like I myself went to a women's college um, and it was so empowering. You know, when you're in environments where the smartest person is a girl where the the most mm. adventurous person is a girl where the funniest person is a girl where the most powerful person is a girl or a female like there's a power and and, and it doesn't it doesn't like constrict your imagination because sometimes mm. when you mix people together males and females like guess who sucks up all the oxygen in the room it's often in my experience yeah. the men and so that's yeah. why that's why i love single sex environments where women can, can really sort of take up their space as they should mm-hmm. and not be pushed to the side. So I, so I really do. That's one of the things I love is that that Catholic girls school where girls are the center of everything and running the newspaper and doing this, the silly skits on the stage. Like they're doing everything.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: uh, yeah and I love Like we've gone back to sister Michael several times, but I love that she is in charge. I grew up at all. My principals were men in all the mm. schools I ever went to, they were men. Um, all my children's principals have been men. And so like, I just mm. love this this, this like image of mm-hmm. female power in an educational yeah. setting. So that, that really works for me as well.
3: This is just so disappointing girls. I mean, threatening a first year.
1: We did not threaten her, we're not stupid. Big Mandy's her
3: sister and she's half gorilla. That's quite enough Miss Mallon. Hey, shouldn't swear Michelle, cause when you swear our lady in heaven, she cries her tears then make rain. Isn't that right,
1: Sister Michael? What age are you now, Orla? Fifteen.
3: Yeah. You might want to think about wising up.
1: Um yeah, I'm trying to think of other things. Like I don't know if I have any other like really academic lenses to put on. That's um, okay. but I do want to echo what you guys have all been saying about the interge- the, the power of intergenerational relationships that we see in dairy girls and the fact that you have three generations living together in one house and just the, the power of these bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. And I feel like that's something that we are often missing in the United States, especially, you know, in, and more Mormon, mm-hmm. United States, white, white North American Mormonism, in the United States, um, where we focus so much on the mm-hmm. nuclear family, and the nuclear family gets so much emphasis. But I think we are missing out on the power of the extended family and and what that those additional connections can yeah. do for people and the supports that they can do for people. And that's something that resonates with my own research where I've done oral histories with Mormon women around the world and um like particularly when I did oral histories with women in Botswana um it's it's a very different uh you know familial system that's that they experience generally it's not a nuclear you know the nuclear family is not the emphasis uh, it's an extended family um mm. vision and there is a power there's a power to that and it's something that i think that we uh in north america who focus on that we have a lot to learn from other cultures and the ways they have these extended networks and tight bonds of um obligation reciprocality and love like i think that's a great thing that we need to be thinking more about
3: thanks for bringing that up this one's for aaron Private and confidential. I stick the
1: kettle on and we
3: steam it up on Mary. That's actually a criminal offense, Sarah. Your face should be a criminal offense. I'm thinking about the
0: episode too, where it's kind of like the high school reunion yeah. for the moms. And the like, <laughs> that was such a um, good episode. Yeah. Just kind of the, the, and seeing the friendships and the like competitions. And um, for me, that was a nice reminder of thinking about um, like, does my mom have close girlfriends? And the answer feels like no. And I, I feel sad and I feel like it's because she's put so much time into like, like raising a large family, like supporting the like organizations of the church, the LDS church. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, and there's an
1: isolation to that. I mean, I don't know if your mom was a stay at home mom, but, um, there's an isolation, you know, when, when. You know, many of us are, are are privileged, and we can make that choice to be stay at home moms, um, but there there is a cost to it, and and often isolation <laughs> is a real thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear you.
2: I my mom, I like, I am so glad that thought came up because I I was thinking of my own mom while you were talking, Caroline. Um, my mom had the opposite. My mom was she had a group of girls at that was older when she became an adult because my mom was a single child. Her mom works. Her mom was a single parent. Um, she had Mm -hmm. no opportunities to really socialize with other children because they would make fun of her because she didn't have her dad in the picture. Um, Mm -hmm. and so my mom kind of grew up in that sort of isolated, like I'll be friends with myself sort of thing until she became an adult and she started to work. Even then, she still had she still lost that girlfriend experience because she had asthma. And in those days, in Barbados and all over the world, asthma cure wasn't what it used to be. And she was sick all the time. So I started to think about it. And I think the only good friend that I know my mom can rely on, even if they don't call each other every day, is my godmother. And that is one of the friendships mm. that she's had now for over... Like thirty years, I think, and they're just as thick as thieves, and but other mm, than so that, good. I think not only with being a single a single parent, but you know when we have mothers who stay at home all the time, that isolation occurs the same way.
0: I'm also thinking about yeah, where I'm like let's bring some feminism in. Is like when like the power of like what you brought up earlier, Caroline, of like single-sex education. So hashtag not all men, but I think there is some power in... uh, I learned this phrase from Heather Sundahl at a retreat a couple years ago, like mistress of the patriarchy, when it's easy to like sabotage other women because if you have so little power, you'll do what you can to access the patriarchy and put down other women around you. And so just seeing that, in different settings, and like reflecting back or, or noticing it. I'm like, Oh, no, let's stop.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I often think of that dynamic. Um, as you know, like, let's say we're thinking in a Mormon context, that Mormon women have been given a very, def- we've been given a very defined box, a very defined gender yeah. role box, right. Um, and so the women who have done the box, who have like put themselves, you know, been put in and put themselves in this box and are living their lives within this box, they are going to defend it because it is theirs Mm. and that's all they got. Right. And so when they Mm. see women who are challenging the box of gender roles, who want to stretch beyond it, who don't like some of the constraints, it feels very, um, uh, threatening, threatening to them. And so, and so I think that's often also where some of that dynamic comes in where, um, feminist women may find some of their harshest critics, um, from other women rather than Mm. from men, because these, these other women are defending their box because that's what they've been given and that's what they got. So you can kind of understand. I feel like
2: if I can write the thesis on that, um, because, A lot of my friends got married in the last year and a half to two years. Um, Some friends, even though they've been married, have become really good at like adding life into me, like breathing life into me, like saying, oh, yeah, I don't worry about anything. You're fine. You know, marriage isn't for everybody. Or uh, when I said marriage isn't for anybody, at that point, I was right against marriage. Um, So. They would be mm-hmm. like we understand where you're coming from and they would be supportive and they just allow me to talk about my feelings. Then there were some friends who were LDS who got married who became who stepped into the box and because I was going to my graduation, my college graduation because I was living life differently because I started to find value in travel. it was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? You need to find a man. Um hmm. and what I like about bringing it all back to their girls is at no point <laughs> do we see that like they're like oh yeah they're like joking about finding a boyfriend or whatever but I don't feel like if they're saying if you don't find a boyfriend your life is over that exists in Mormon culture right. um and hmm. back to the comment we made about like you know the single gendered schools and having like leaders or principals who have been female or male. I was so fortunate to have principals who were female and you could see a drastic difference in how the school was run, how the children felt loved and appreciated, how much success you saw, even though in most cases it wasn't a single set school that I went to. You could see that there was something different that just sparked more inspiration and I wish that there were more principles of who are women that could just help these children to believe in themselves and to feel inspired and just see the world in a different way I guess what I'm saying.
0: right seeing women in power and like women so it's like do you have to act like a man to have power, and like what does that look like, and so can you still be um? collaborative and yeah not ripping each other apart
3: it's easy to forget there is a serious and rather depressing side to children in need mainly the fact that father peter has decided to come and talk to us about it father
0: Yeah. okay we should all share favorite characters themes line um from dairy girls what's coming to mind um one that i think of all the time. I love the grandpa, love the his. mean, cranky grandpa, who's so mean to Jerry. Jerry. Um, at one point they're going to the beach. So they're like taking taking the train to get to the beach, and he's holding a surfboard, and he's like, uh, he's he's like, What's what's that movie about? About the musical fish? And Jerry's like, Jaws? He's like, Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the one, the one about the musical fish. Just made me talking about Jaws. <laughs>
2: oh there are that's some good one ones comes to mind. okay my favorite girl sister michael if anyone is feeling mm-hmm. anxious worried or maybe you just want to chat please please do not come crying to me <laughs>
0: yes well, she, that's great she's like naming like this is how you might be feeling and then yeah
2: and i think um there was another one from um, My Mary, she was saying, don't sit say knickers in front of your father. He can't cope. That was a good <laughs> as well.
0: So funny. Or the, the weird colm, the cousin who can't <laughs> stop talking.
2: She's like, I
1: can't.
0: How about you, Caroline?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so many. I'm trying to figure one out. I mean, maybe I can probably talk better to you. Episodes, you know, okay, please, yeah. yeah. Lines don't stick in my head, but I thought there were basically, I think there were two perfect episodes. Maybe, well, there are probably way more than two perfect episodes, but these are the ones that I absolutely loved. I loved the one in the first season where the dog pees on the statue (laughs) and everyone thinks that Mary is having, you know, it's a crime statue apparition. I thought that was so perfectly constructed. It was like a Seinfeld episode where everything just converged perfectly Mm -hmm. for that one. And that one also had, of course, our first introduction to the hot priest. Um, And I thought it was just hilarious how the girls were just, except for Claire, you know, falling all over themselves, staring at the sky. Um, And I also really loved that episode where they go to a party and they do this thing where they're doing this dance to rock the boat. Do you guys remember this episode? They're like sitting on the ground waving their arms. Um, Yes. And eventually, they apparently push their 50-year-old cousin out of the line. He gets a bruise. Anyway, there's an altercation. Mary gets mad. The mom gets mad at mm-hmm. this old cousin's uh, mother. And anyway, the mother <laughs> drops dead after Mary curses her well, in some yeah. way. Anyway, that was, like, such a perfect <laughs> yes. episode. Yes. Um, it just came together, like, you know, terrifically well. So I think those are the ones that really yeah. stand out to me.
2: One last one is you can't ring child line every time your mother threatens to kill you. That that reminds, <laughs> that's right that's like, a good that episode. reminded me of yeah. like here in the Caribbean, like when kids would like try to call the police because their mother was beating them, or like not beating. Okay, I should say corporal punishment so that nobody thinks we're over here abusing hmm. our kids. Um, so like when pe- parents would like be doing some corporal punishment and people with children would get dramatic because they saw it on american tv and say oh i'm gonna call the police so and then the parents will pick up the phone and dial the police number and let them call so it kind of reminded me of that so i love that episode yes yes there's
0: so many good again just like the parent-child dynamics too um Like the wacky aunt. I can't remember her name right now, but like reading up on Sarah, reading up on like the Bolshevik revolution so she can sound cool at the high school (laughs) reunion.
1: No, they did a Uh, great job with Sarah because she is... So off the wall Kooky, and zany. Yes. Um, but but in but it, it, and once again it's that juxtaposition with what's going on in society. Like it I think in one of the early episodes, she's mad because there's a bomb threat on a bridge and she's like, Well, this is gonna get in the way of me going to get my can, yeah. you know? <laughs> yes, and right. and so like so it was a great way yeah. of like that yeah. humor and her her zaniness, but also like the background is like really this kind of dark situation yeah. so they use her really well in the show you should get that one framed as a wee reminder of your nightmare i'm not in that one
3: i know but it's stunning to me
0: it's interesting where occasionally occasionally it would be like the tv is on and, and you see like a clip of what's going on um yeah and the music the music i kept waiting <laughs> for the like the zombie song by the cranberries. And so finally like one of the later, later episodes, they finally played it. Cause I'm like, that's the, like it's about this. And so I yeah. love that they finally, finally played that song toward yeah. the end. But yeah. The, the everyday. So the tanning, the, <laughs> her makeup and then juxtapose with the political. What's going on. That's really, really good mm-hmm. observation. Um, yeah. Any, so, yeah trying to think of a good way to to wrap up the episode uh if you haven't seen it uh, be sure netflix. to watch it or if you're a super fan it's on netflix uh if you're a super fan you can send us an email podcast at exponentii.org um if you have a favorite line or scene too we can include it ch- ch- chat about it in our next next episode thank you so much caroline klein ramona for being on the call tonight. I love that we got to have the Barbados perspective of Commonwealth and um and then also Caroline's perspective um with her graduate uh, so, uh... Graduate.
1: What's- oh, i at- <laughs> It really doesn't matter. Um, but I, I do do you know I, I I I do adjunct as a religious studies professor sometimes, and I am the assistant director of the Center for Global Mormon Studies at Claremont Graduate University.
0: Right. So thank you for giving your official titles and and the work you do. Um. So thank you. And I need, we need to know because Heather's not here. But when I said like oh, I love Dairy Girls, she's like she's like Caroline Klein has to be on the show. How did How did this information – did you share it with everyone you know after you started watching it?
1: Yes, yes. I think on certain Marco Polo threads, I was, like, overcome by how fabulous this show was. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: Wonderful. Oh, now you have to go down the deep dive of Channel 4 and ITV shows. Yes,
1: I need recommendations, Ramona. I'm going to email you, and you need to give me some good recs. Please do. I will. Mine
0: was from my Irish boss when I worked at Harvard in boston in cambridge um yeah she that was my that was my connection she's like irish american had been been in the u.s for a long long many generations but still had very strong ties and so it was interesting again just not really understanding what the troubles were just hearing like people fought but like i didn't realize i think in the 1990s like that late so i think it's like everyone fought back then but realizing how contemporary it was and, and still is in some ways Anyway, thank you so much for everyone's time. Uh, we are Xpod 2, part of the Exponent 2 community. Um, we do not have a million-dollar endowment. We do not get money from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. So if you'd like to donate, please do. We, um, You can set up a recurring donation. There's also ways to stay connected. You can subscribe to the magazine, subscribe to the blog, um, volunteer for the magazine or blog. We need writers. Um, we need people helping with the labor of getting things, spreading, spreading the the good feminist word um thank you and have a great night